0: If you didn't hear our previous episode entitled, What Inspiring Leaders Do, you'll want to go back and listen to it. It was really great. Rob Benson, an executive and corporate coach, told us that, assuming a caring relationship by their boss, people only need three things to perform and meet expectations. If they're not performing and meeting those expectations, there is a deficiency in one of those three areas. I'll remind you of those three things in a moment. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Doorways Leadership and
1: Influence Network podcast. I'm Mary Kay Blum. We believe influence is an expression of healthy leadership, and leadership is best measured by its influence. We are better together as we grow and advance the kingdom of God. Thanks so much for joining us. Are you ready? Let's get started.
0: I'm really glad you've joined us. My name is Rick Shields, and I'm the director of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network and your host today on this podcast with Rob Benson. Rob is an executive and corporate coach. And by the way, if you'd like to contact him, you can drop him a note at robert at rfbcoaching.com. And just to make that clear, RFB Coaching is like R is in Robert, F is in fabulous, and B is in Benson. So robert at rfbcoaching.com. Okay, in our previous episode, Rob said that, assuming a caring relationship with their boss, people only need three things to perform and meet expectations. Those three things, he said, are direction, support, and accountability. He went on to say that if people are not performing and meeting expectations, there is a deficiency in one of those three areas. And he finished by saying, do those things and you will be the boss people want to work for. We're going to follow up with the second half of that interview today with Rob Benson as he shares about motivating people in a work environment. Let's get to it. Rob, let's put some flesh on this because we know there are a number of bad leadership models, and there are many good leadership models. You say that leading others well involves understanding human motivation. Now, we just talked three important points there that accountability or direction, support, and accountability. Those look like Parts of understanding human motivation. Maybe you'd like to expand on that for us a little bit, if you would.
1: That so so indeed, those particular pieces do build upon human motivation. We want to look good in front of our bosses, you know. So that, that builds on that. One theory that uh, works well for me—it's actually called self-determination theory. It's been in the, an act. I think it came out in 1981, I believe. But it's sound and it's real. It's real simple. And it says that primary motivation really comes down to enjoyment in the task itself. Think about any job that you've been in and when you were really lost in it, when it felt good to go to work, and you were probably experiencing some combination of three factors. And the three factors that they list are competence, autonomy, and relatedness. Put this in just normal talk. All this means is you were good at what you did. You know, you walked in and, and you felt effective in doing your job. So that's one piece. The second one was autonomy. The idea there is that you actually have choice in how the work is accomplished. You're not an automaton. You're not just a widget or a, a part of a machine where your boss tells you what to do and you just follow things. thing, which is why people hate micromanagement. Uh, it's because it removes their autonomy. They just become responders to someone who's, who's uh, looking too closely. And the last piece is relatedness. That is that you're connecting appropriately with the other people in your work environment. Competence, autonomy, and relatedness. According to the theory, this is something that everybody wants in whatever situation they want. And so if that's true then we would look to find ways to give them that. Now, now there is second, that's primary motivation. Secondary motivation is working for anything else. But typically, we want somebody to do better. Let's bring this into a corporate setting. What do we think in terms of? It? Well, we pay them more money,
0: right? Yeah, I was just going to say, doesn't more money fix all that?
1: More money, there you go. And, and if somebody's doing really bad, what do we do? Well, we shame them or pound them or write them up or somehow punish them. The problem with reward and punishment, and and by the way, let me back up, I do believe that as part of a motivational system, particularly in a work environment, you need to pay people well. Okay. You need to, there needs to be understood accountability. So if you build in accountability, the way we've talked, where there's regular conversation, You really don't have to get down to, or very rarely do you have to get down to, oh, somehow we got to do some discipline. That says more like why we shouldn't have hired this person in the first place. But rewards and punishment are transitory. They're fleeting. Um, When you pay somebody, oh, we're going to give you a bonus to hit X, Y, Z. The problem is the bonus of yesterday becomes the standard of today. Absolutely. And so now I just want another one. So as long as you got the deepest pockets in the world and we could just keep going up like hey, let's keep going up 25 percent a year, I'm happy with that. You'll keep yeah. motivating me that way, right? But that's not the truth. So over time it lessens. And actually what's known in the research about money and its motivating power, what you have to supply is the the rate that is commensurate for the work. And someone coming in and doing that job needs to just be able to look and say, yeah, what I'm getting paid meets my needs, whatever those needs are. But once they check off in their heads, boom, meets the needs. Money has lost its motivating power, unless you're gonna put this huge uh, bonus for achieving a particular thing. But I mean, in general, you've taken care of that. What we know about punishment is that punishment just causes people to hide. Mm. As long as I'm punishing you there, yes, it will hurt and you will promise never to do it again. But when I turn my back, it's not going to continue to motivate me. It'll just make you try to hide your performance from me. So where do we want to spend our time? We want to spend our time in creating the kind of work environment that meets people's heart needs around competence. They want to feel good about what they're doing. So by giving them clearer expectations, by giving them training. So a big piece, people forget if today's workers, maybe you can't pay them exactly what, what they would like or they might be able to go somewhere else. But one thing that's very motivational is you say, hey, we've got a really good development plan here. I will work with you. I'll coach you. I'll help you get to the next level. We will provide training for you. That will keep not only keep people in place, but pe- keep people very satisfied in doing the work. And as simple as when somebody does a good job, go behind them and go, "Wow, thank you for that. That was yeah. good work. I appreciate that." And Rick, you know, so I'll I'll tell a little story about myself. So during COVID, when COVID hit, my business went away. It went from a full calendar to nobody and no possibility of work in the space of two days, uh, March 11th and 12th, 2020. Okay. I remember those days because it was terrifying. And so I went to work because I just needed a job. I went to work for Walmart, which by the way, all you Walmart haters, stay what you want. It was a good company for me. I appreciated them, but I was the meat guy and I was uh, showed up every morning. And I was working with people who many of them, well, put it this way. They didn't have a lot of other alternatives and had been there for a long time and salt of the earth really enjoy. I learned a lot, but I'm walking down the hall one day and the store manager comes up and the store manager comes up to me and says, Rob, Robert, she knew me as Robert, Robert, I just want you to know, I really appreciate you. You show up every day. You show up on time. You don't complain, you get your work done. Thank you. And she walked on. Now, I teach this stuff. I know exactly what she was doing. She was praising my performance. That's what good managers should do. And it did not matter that I knew what she was doing. It's still, I walked around the rest of the day like, you know what? I feel appreciated. I feel competent. Someone else is recognizing that I can put meat out on a wall well. And, but it's like, it works. And by the way, praise is cheap. Praise didn't cost you anything. You didn't have to do a bonus. So be the leader. So this means you actually got to know something about what they're doing. It does mean, you you know, uh, hey, nice shirt doesn't, well, okay, thank you. But, but I mean, so so notice it's not about work.
0: you it's about the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right.
1: laughs> notice the work people are doing compliment them and what you're actually touching on how they they now feel more competent because you've recognized it. Competent give them choice. The second one is autonomy. If there's different ways to do the work, ask for their input. Hey, yeah. how would you like to do it? And then with a, maybe a little bit of coaching or maybe they've got the good idea, go with that. You are creating a motivating environment and then relate well, be kind, competence, autonomy, relatedness. If you just understand what those three words mean and then think about your people as people and find ways to help them experience those, they will find the work environment to be a motivating work environment. They'll want to step in. This will be the place that they want To work at. And oh, by the way, you know, it's hard to find hard to find good workers. They'll be good workers, but then they'll tell their friends, hey, I've got we've got an opening over here. You'll be attracting people when you create that kind of
0: work environment. You know, it's also a law of sowing and reaping. Ah. If I am coming to you and complimenting you, how often are you going behind my back and saying bad things? You're not. You're going to your friends and saying, you know what? Walmart gets a bad rap, but I work there. It's a great team. You ought to come join us. And so it really is that it's amazing. If you'll just give, you're going to be surprising what you receive on the backside of it. And it doesn't have to cost you time. Okay, here's a big question. Okay. But I think it's one that can help us drill down into this and and find some good answers. So how does one go about leading well? Can you help us? Can you provide some skills or tips, tools, techniques that a leader can employ to help facilitate goal attainment and growth?
1: There's almost no such thing as over communication, letting your people know and communication in particular ways. Uh, When you're talking about the mission and purpose of your company, like why do you exist? How do you make the world a better place? If you don't know the answer to those questions, you need to back up and spend a little time. Because particularly today, you know, particularly in a competitive hiring environment, they can walk down the street and get another job. You know, maybe they, they can get one that pays as well. In that case, they want, they want to know that they're contributing to a better world. So how does your company make the world a better place? understand that and then tell people that communicate that over and over and over again communicate your core values this is not just a consultant gobbledygook core values are stating here's the fundamental ways that when we act according to these and we're consistent and everybody does it this way We're acting the way we're supposed to be. We're more effective with our customers, our clients, and so forth. Unfortunately, too many companies decide on their core values and its integrity and safety and whatever, blah, 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 the four or five things. But then they just put them on a wall and they forget about them. When if they're really core, if they're really important, I'm working with a manufacturer right now they're trying to improve their safety record. Okay, so they have safety as a core value. People leave the same way they came to work. They bit, did that years ago and it's been sitting on the wall. Well, now it's okay, so every meeting you have, I need you to open up. You need to start it and somebody say something significant about safety. And hmm. by doing that, what you're what you're actually doing is bringing it into the collective consciousness. It's no longer sitting out there it's now becomes part of how we talk it should be used as part of our decision making process if we're going to get this new machine are we going to get the cheaper machine that we can get really or are we going to get the one with the expensive guards that you know yes it's going to cost us four times as much but at the end of the day it's a way of keeping our people safer well if if you truly have a core value that decision is made for you your, but core values for them to be absorbed and become part of how people actually work. You got to keep telling people, you got to keep reminding people, here's here's what we stand for. Here's what makes us special. And you know what? People like being part of this. And it weeds out if you've done your thought well, and, and not all core values are the same, not the same that work for For Rick Shields, Doorways is going to be the same that works in my company or in this down the street. We clarify how we need to be, and then we communicate it over and over. And the people who are really not that way will will find their way out, and they'll stand out like sore thumbs. The people who are that way are going to be more motivated, more part of the team. So communicate your core values. Communicate your expectations. Hey, in this job, remember, these are the three most important things. I re- And then communicate your praise. And if you do those over and over and over again, ad nauseum, very rare. Well, you will from time to time have to be also be willing to step up and say, hey, wait a second. That's that's not what we need to see here. But because you've done the work clarifying here's why we're here here's our, here's how we behave here's exactly what you need to producing for me you're going to have very much fewer of those conversations and the one time that you'll have to do it's like oh man you're so right i'm so sorry and people just step right back in and lower so, turnover lower turnover people who are in the dark you know what grows in the dark right mold bad mold. bad things yeah bad mold right so you know bring light in Tell people what's going on. If there are challenges in your company, if if there's headwinds, if your budget's looking tight, don't, oh, we're going to hold that close to the vest because we don't want to scare people. You know what? If things are tight, they probably already know it. Do the opposite. Call an all-hands meeting. Bring the group in. Say, guys, I just want to level with you. This is where we're at. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we don't know. Do you guys have any suggestions about how we handle this? People pull together. People might have to start making choices, but um, in general, people already, if things are bad, people already know they're bad. People are already brushing up their resume. People are already looking. Your chance of keeping them and holding on to them and making sure that they however long they're with their company is not spent on Indeed or, or wherever looking for their next job is by being open and honest with them. So tip, tip tip is just communicate 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 be real believe the best in your people and they'll usually bring their best
0: i hope you enjoyed our podcast and i hope that you'll join us on future episodes please follow us or subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released until next time this is rick shields and on behalf of the doorways leadership and influence network this is my prayer for you may you have rest when you need it Strength when you want it, and joy when you least expect it. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you follow after him. Thanks for listening.